0: This is Dr. Frank Leon Roberts, and my name is Aldo B. Martin, and this is Finding James Baldwin. So, Frank, man, it's it's I've known you for it's it's been many years. It's been before you were Dr. Frank Leon Roberts. I knew you as Frank. You knew me as Frankie. Frankie. We took it way back. You knew me since adolescent Frankie. Adolescent Frankie. See, when we met, I I was in my early 20s. You were in your late teens. I believe you were still a senior in high school. Yep. We worked at this, I'm not even going to mention the name of the store. That's right. But uh, it was a major retail location. New York Landmark. New York Landmark. If you know, you know. Yeah. And we were folding clothes. Yes. Yes. (laughs)
1: Fervently and efficiently. (laughs)
0: I hated that job. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I, I was, I, oh God. But you had to pay the bills. Yeah, man. I had to pay the bills. And you know, what's interesting about that job is around that time is when I first met James Baldwin. Mm. I don't know if you know this story. You see, I was, I didn't have the illustrious academic career that you did. I started off at a community college. Yeah. Right? I do remember like,
1: that. I do remember that.
0: Right. That's that's where I was. Right. I had hopes and dreams of of one day taking the education a little further. And and I could honestly say I did. Right. But at the time, I'm a community college guy and I had never read a book. Prior to that. Right. 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 Never. And and by the way, I started college late. I started college when I was 20, going on 21.
1: Right. 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 That was my
0: freshman year. Yeah. Yeah. So the year is 1999. And we're working at that place, and I was taking a, uh, an English class, the second English class. Is it 102 or 201? Mm-hmm, whatever mm-hmm. it is. And so the professor, it was a woman, I forgot her name, she assigned James Baldwin. Mm. And I had never heard of James Baldwin. I thought it was one of the Baldwin brothers. <laughs> Ignorant. You thought it was Alex's cousin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know him, James. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He was in. Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she assigned a short story, Sonny's Blues, Mm. and I had no interest in reading, bro. Like, I'm telling you, I never read a book. In high school, the teachers would assign books. I'd be like, that's good for you. Thank you. But I ain't doing this. So she assigned that to us, and I remember one day, I'm headed to work. I'm headed to work, and I get on the subway. I get on the one train, had a nice long commute uh, getting to work. I took out the, uh, the short story. She printed it out for us. Yeah. I took it out and I started reading and I was enthralled. Yeah. I was so enthralled. I didn't even want to listen to music.
1: Because
0: mm. that's what I would do on the subway. Mm-hmm. Always have the headphones on listening to something. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to listen to anything. And then I was so enthralled that I got mad when my stop was coming up on the train. Yeah. And then I got to work and I start my shift. And all I could think about was Sonny's Blues and what's going to happen next. Yeah, man. And then I remember I couldn't wait for my lunch break. Mm. Remember we used to have the 15s? Yes, yes, 15 yes, break yes, yes. And then a, and then a 30, 30-minute 30 lunch <laughs> yeah. break. I tried. I, I think I asked the, the the supervisor if I could combine mm. my 30-minute lunch break with my could 15 Could you do a
1: 45?
0: Break. Give me a 45. Give me a solid 45. And I remember I went downstairs into the employee lounge. Remember that area? Yeah. Remember we had lockers? I do. So... My locker was like on the inside, like the little inner hallway where you couldn't really see anybody. Bro, I went and got a chair from the break table where people, people yeah. ate their lunch. Yeah, 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 yeah. I took that chair, went back to my locker, opened it up, cracked open Sonny's Blues and just sat there for the rest yeah. of my break. Absorbing what I was reading. Yeah. I just, I just couldn't believe how much I loved it. Yeah. And then the break was over. Yeah. The break was over. And I was like, I can't wait to get out of work because I got to go to school. And then I got back on the subway and read it again. And so mm. I finished Sonny's Blues between a train ride and a lunch break and, and another train ride. And I was hooked after that. Mm. I said, all right, this reading thing ain't so bad.
1: Mm, mm, I'm mm, only mm. going to
0: read James Baldwin now. <laughs> so then a friend of mine, she... I told her about this new infatuation I had with this 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 author that I've never heard of. So then she got me a copy of Go Tell It on the Mountain. Ah, that's the one. And I said, oh, okay, you know what? And I made the decision, I'm only going to read James Baldwin. Yeah. So then I read another novel of his. Um, it might have been Another Country. Yeah, 1962. I, said, I Then I ventured out. I said, I wonder if other books are good. Hmm. <laughs>
1: Of if anybody else is written besides this James Baldwin guy. I, I,
0: Not even that. I wonder if I could get the same feeling that I had yeah. in another piece of literature. Mm-hmm. And the feeling was one of wonderment. Is that a word? It is today. It is today. Yeah. Of wonderment, of excitement, of a fascination. Yeah. A respect for the craft of writing and being able Absolutely. to convey your thoughts onto paper so that other people can understand them in a way that you hope they would. That's right. And, and from there, dude, I, I haven't stopped reading since. Yeah. And and right now we're sitting in my, my homeboy studios in my basement. Yeah.
1: And what do you see around you? I mean, there's there 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 are books all over. There uh there the, okay. New York is all over. There are references to Baldwin all over. There, I see that looks like the devil finds work there in the distance. Oh no, that's Giovanni's that, room. Is that Giovanni's room? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. They both have that same blue uh, blue yeah. spine. My,
0: my wife actually got that for my birthday. Wow, you know she she's something else. But dude, it, it was it just opened up this world of literature yeah. for me that people in the past try to get me into. Yeah. but I wasn't ready for it. Yeah. It wasn't until I found James Baldwin that it just opened up this door and it was it was it was an amazing an amazing thing and he's certainly my favorite writer not because of prose or because of style or anything like that but because I have an emotional attachment yeah to that first ever time yeah, reading yeah. it. Yeah. Bro, it's 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 almost like the first time I heard Slick Rick. Mm.
1: (laughs) It was a transformative experience. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. man. So so that's 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 me. Yeah. What about yourself, man? Because you yourself, not only are you a fan of James Baldwin, but you actually teach a James
1: Baldwin course or have taught one in the past. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Talk to us about that. Well, I will say, first of all, just being here in Aldo Martin Studios uh, for (laughs) listeners at home, if you could see, this is this, if you've ever read Ralph Ellison's Invisible Man, that novel ends very famously with the man in the basement in his man cave. And so there's something about this Aldo Martin studio space. that's very Ellisonian, where I feel enlightened and subterranean at the same time. You know, Aldo, my encounter with Baldwin was kind of staggered in the sense that like many, like you, I first encountered Baldwin in undergrad, Yeah, where- um, Not high school. Not high school. I did not, I didn't, which is actually an indictment of my high school very much. There was no James Baldwin. <laughs> there was Ellison, there was Richard Wright, there was no Baldwin uh, at good old Bayon High School or August Martin High School, the two high schools that I went to. August Martin? Yeah, yeah. Shout is that my cousin? Shout, <laughs> hey, shout out to August Martin High School. Um, uh, so there was no Baldwin there, but yeah. there was Baldwin when I got to NYU as an undergrad and I was, uh, I was an English major. Yeah. So naturally I had to come through the door of Baldwin. And I think the first thing I read by Baldwin was the fire next time. That's that, heavy. That's the first one. It was baptism by fireman. You know, there are certain with Baldwin, um, it's sort of like, you know, it's sort of like a whiskey drink. You got to be at a certain level. I wasn't quite grown man enough. Uh, A grown person enough to actually ingest Baldwin in his fullest. So when I encountered uh, the fire next time, I didn't really appreciate it. It really wasn't until years later. Tell your story. So this this had to be I was already in my late 20s. I was already uh, in a Ph.D. program at NYU trying to finish. Yeah, I was on the edge of being thrown out of this program. Oh, because I had been hanging around man, uh, in this graduate program at NYU for several years. And these people were like, it's time for you to go, brother, man. You got to get this degree. And uh, I'm going somewhere with this. I was literally on the edge of being thrown out of this program because I couldn't come up with a dissertation topic that I could stick to. So it wasn't because you weren't performing well. You just, it, there was a timeline. There was a deadline. There was a, time, there was a deadline. I had not met the deadline, right? Uh, I didn't, it was sort of like that artist moment where you're waiting for inspiration. You're walking in, you're walking in the woods and you're walking in the alley waiting for the for the genius light bulb to hit. The light bulb wasn't hitting until one day. Um, I remember coming back to my apartment uh, at the time, which was right on Park Avenue in Harlem, 116th Street, shout out to East Harlem. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I picked up a copy of go tell it on the mountain and on your own, it was actually already, it was one of those books that was kind of lost in my library. Yeah. And I picked it up one day and I'm like, that's what
0: I'm saying. Like what made you want to pick it up?
1: It just randomly picked it up. I think it actually has something to do with, I was trying to cross reference at the time I was, I thought that I was going to be writing a dissertation about, um, uh, about black music. And I remember someone said, well, you know, Go Tell It on the Mountain has many musical references. There are all these church scenes. So I think I was looking at the novel with the expectation that it was going to take me into this other direction about black yeah, music.
0: As a supportive piece.
1: Exactly. So I pick it up. i never forget this. I pick it up at about 11 o'clock at night on like a Thursday night. Oh, you remember the time. I do because it was so <laughs> transformative because what happened was I picked that book up at 11 p.m. Yeah. And I did not put that book down until about 5 a.m. when I had finished the entire novel. Wow. And to this day, I mean, as you know, brother, I now literally teach literature for 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 a living. You know, I'm an English professor to this day. Go tell it on the mountain by James Baldwin is the only novel that I've that I have ever read from cover to cover in one setting without a break and um what that had to do with i remember reading this story of this young boy john grimes who is uh, uh um in a battle with his father and and battling with his faith and battling with harlem and battling with himself and battling with sexuality and and over the course of two hundred pages, Baldwin is introducing us to the auntie and the mother and the and and and, and the high school crush. And I said to myself, this and is and my the story. Pre- and the
0: praying mothers,
1: the praying mothers, Florence. Yes. Like I never, um, I never
0: heard of what that was before until I read that.
1: The praying mothers with the um, you know, with, with, with the um, with their bonnets, uh, <laughs> uh, uh manning the pews. <laughs> and I remember saying to myself, "This is my story, right? This I see myself." In literature, And so mm-hmm. Go Tell It on the Mountain was the first time that I saw myself, all of myself, in literature. And from there, I said to myself, wow, this is the guy who I should be writing about. And it was actually at that moment that I pivoted to say, I'm going to write my dissertation on James Baldwin. And that's exactly what happened. Thanks to Go Tell It on the Mountain on a crazy Thursday night at 11 p.m. in East Harlem, living on the same... Uh, uh, Park Avenue that Baldwin once lived in um, with his family not too far down. And it was from there that everything changed. Unreal. It's it's that's a phenomenal story. Like cover to cover. Yeah. One setting. I'll never forget it. Um, Because, you know, of course, you know, I I was an English major, undergrad. Like I said, I was studying to be an English professor, essentially. So I was used to the practice of reading, obviously. But the idea that you would not move. I mean, I couldn't get up. I needed to know what was happening to Florence, what was happening to Elizabeth, Elijah, John, all these characters. I
0: think Uh, that just really speaks to the power of literature when you find something. Yeah. You know, when you find something that just resonates with you, it's golden. It's, It's like, you know... Because prior to this time in my life, reading was such a chore. Yeah. You know, yeah, it was yeah. such a chore that I just wasn't interested in. So when I found Sonny's Blues, yeah, I, I, I was upset that it was over.
1: That's right. I was upset that it was a short story. Exactly. And, and the, the connection, I mean, immediately when you think about Sonny's Blues and when you think about Go Tell It on the Mountain, what we see in both of those pieces is the beauty that Baldwin brings to black life. The way that Baldwin is able to articulate the beauty of everyday black life, everyday black people, both stories set in Harlem, both about the everyday folk and the way in which Baldwin is able to take you into the lives of these people and say these people, they have value. Their lives matter. I mean, what else can we say? That's the Baldwin that so many of us um, get lost in, get trapped in, fall in love with. And that's the Baldwin
0: that many of us find.
1: Yeah. Yeah.